The views expressed on the following broadcasts do not necessarily reflect those of KHLT, Take 12 Radio, or our affiliates. The opinions on this show should not be considered as medical, psychological, or professional advice and are those of the host, co-host, and guest. Take 12 Radio and KHLT Recovery Broadcasting are not affiliated with any particular 12-step fellowship. Tony, Bruce, and the Monty Man. That's right. Welcome aboard. Tony's here. Hey, Tony. Good morning. Good morning. Bruce is here. Good morning. And we have a very special guest uh, on the line. Uh, I will tell you his first name, but I'm not going to give it all away yet. Greg is here. Hey, Greg. How are you all? We're chipper. We're doing chipper. (laughs) And uh, so... uh, you could uh, email us at take12radio at comcast.net. The first person to guess who Greg is, uh, I'll, I'll send you a CD. <laughs> but see, nobody will be able to guess because we haven't given his last name out or his bio or anything. But that's coming up. That's coming up. Uh, I will give you a hint, though. Um, Greg, we're talking to Greg. He's in the wonderful state of where? Where are you at, Greg? Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Yes. I let other people say that word. Massachusetts. Oh, I mess it up every time. I know. Every time. So, Tony, how you doing? I am actually doing really great. Didn't have to walk today. Right on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 (laughs) What did you call us on Facebook? Your your McBuddies or something? Oh, my McHomies. McHomies. Yeah. Your McHomies. Yes. Because Tony is the queen of the golden arches. I am. Yes, she is. (laughs) How you doing, Bruce? Bruce, you having a little, little rough time today. Yeah, I'm having a little rough. It's hard getting started anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, it used to take a half hour to get myself wound up and get going. Now it takes hours. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm serious. <laughs> yes. And then when I, anything I catch or anything little down, you know, <clears throat> it just wears me out. I almost well, want to hug you right now. Oh, you could you know, do that. Oh, Tony's gonna hug. Tony's hugging Bruce. Oh, and we could say that even if she wasn't, because nobody can see us. Oh, like me getting ready this morning. That's right. Well, listen, um, kind of a sad, sad thing, but uh, uh, in honor of uh, a gentleman who has given so much to the recovery community, I just wanted to mention the fact that uh, um, here yesterday we taped tape the show on Monday and we it goes up on Monday. Um but John Bradshaw passed away on May eighth. And John Bradshaw was it was one of these guys he was one of the pioneers of discovering the inner child kind of philosophies. And um a few people have given as much in the area of psych- psychiatric education and treatment as john bradshaw has to the recovery community and uh his funeral funeral was was yesterday but um just wanted to give a shout out to to his family and and the people that studied under him um he was a life coach on steroids let's just put it that way (laughs) so um yeah so the recovery community will be missing john bradshaw but 
Um, if you want to check out his books and that kind of thing, you always go to Amazon and type in John Bradshaw, and you'll find an endless amount of literature. Uh, but anyway, I, yeah. So love yeah. to the family. We love you guys. I, I really, I, I, I started listening to Bradshaw way before I ever got into recovery, mm. and it, it just made so much sense to me in so many ways. And uh, I think he was the first person that actually got me interested in to looking into the brain and the way the brain operates and so forth. Um, it, it kind of piqued my curiosity about how the attic brain works. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, there you go. John Bradshaw passing away. Um, other than that, my backyard lawn still needs mode. Bruce <laughs> 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 just shaking his head. It's it's chest high at this point. Your lawn is? Yeah. Oh, wow. It's chest high, yes. You want to borrow yeah. Nevea for a few days? She'll take care of that. Oh, my gosh. We need a goat. <laughs> it had a path, but no more. Yeah, the path, there was a path out there, but it's <laughs> grown over now, too. So uh, our the neighbor boy that usually takes care of our yard is weed eaters broken. Oh. So I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. We'll have to see where that goes. Well, listen, the topic today is to smoke or not to smoke. That is the question. And it's not nobler in the mind to smoke. Let's just put it that way in a Shakespearean tone. Um, And we're going to be talking about that with somebody who uh, really knows his stuff. And uh, if you haven't sent in your email to guess who he is, you're going to find out right now. Greg Seward is our guest. He's on the phone with us from Massachusetts. Massachusetts. <laughs> Greg, what's it like out there in uh, in Massachusetts today? Well, it's actually a little bit uh, chilly. It's a, a cold, uh, cold morning. Uh, and uh, uh, my wife was wondering if it might snow last night. It was, was getting down to thirty-seven degrees oh where we God. live. Oh wow, wow! Yeah, you you have a beautiful home, kind of uh, up on the, up on a ridge, kind of thing, right? Uh, I like to think of it as a beautiful home, but it's it's got a lot of work that needs to be done. <laughs> oh, that's okay. <laughs> that's all right. And uh, I was honored uh, a couple of years ago to, to to be able to stay with uh, Greg and his wonderful family. And oh, nice! Um, when I was out there for the Soberfest uh, thing. And, I remember uh, that. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, Greg, he loaned us, he loaned me his van so I could get around and didn't have to pay for a rental car and all that kind of thing, and uh, that that was wonderful. And and, and so your wife, um, she's still doing the photography thing. Uh, yes, she is. Andrea has a studio over in a local mall, and oh. uh, uh, Habakkuk Media uh, Services is the name of the of the. You can Google it and find it on uh, the internet. But uh, she does a, a fair amount of weddings, you know, some corporate work, uh, graduations, and stuff. Right on. If she if she can make me look good, she can make anyone. <laughs> there you go. That's there a good go. husband. Good husband. Well, shout out to Andrea and and to your family. All right, uh, we're gonna listen to our first sponsor right off the bat, so we can come come back uh, and give a uh, Greg uh, a fair amount of time here to talk about the topic to smoke or not to smoke. We're gonna be talking about tobacco. We're going to be talking about vaping and e-cigarettes and some of the FDA regulations, what's going on with all that when we come back. So, folks, don't go away. You don't want to miss this, particularly if you're one of those smokers (laughs) out there. I am a former smoker, 
of uh, let's see here. It'll be 19 years coming up in January. Oh wow! Since I took a toke of the of the evil tobacco. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll be right back right after this. Free by the Sea is a drug and alcohol recovery center located in beautiful Ocean Park, Washington. This facility is amazingly gorgeous, but what's even more amazing is the integrity of the staff and the treatment provided for those wishing to recover from narcotic and alcohol addiction. The folks at Free by the Sea have a passion for presenting the solution to addiction for you or your loved one. To speak with an admission specialist, visit FreeByTheSea.com or call toll-free 800-272-9199. This place is simply amazing. Right. <laughs> who was that? Who was that singing there, Bruce? You know? No. The Platters. The Platters. There's a group called the Platters. The Ev- Platters. Everybody knows that. <laughs> well, you didn't. No. <laughs> oh, he's just yanking on my shirt sleeve there. Uh, yes, and smoke does get in our eyes, and it's incredibly irritating. That that group held the number one spot for longer than anybody I can remember. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, listen, uh, our guest this week is Greg Seward. He is, I'm going to try to get this in one in one breath, but I want to read it all because I want you to, the listeners to understand that this man is well qualified to discuss with us what we're discussing today. There, there's a lot of, <clears throat> there's a lot of right fighters out there that they want their right to be stoned in public. They want their right to smoke in public. They want their right to do whatever they want to do when they want to do it. Yeah. And I know because I used to be one of those guys, you know. Um, and when somebody comes up with uh, scientific evidence, medical evidence, um, to, to, to take our rights to destroy our bodies away from us, <laughs> at least that's the way we take it because we're so self-centered. Uh, we're we're arguing. Ah, oh, well, you know who makes them qualified and what makes them qualified. Well, I'm going to tell you. Greg Seward is a licensed independent alcohol and drug counselor, a licensed social worker, and a DOT qualified substance abuse professional. He holds three certifications in addictions, including certification as a master tobacco treatment specialist. He has treated mental health and addictions in in inpatient, outpatient, residential, and community health settings. He also brings years of experience in helping organizations address tobacco, including residential programs, clubhouses, general hospitals, and state psychiatric hospitals. He is the director of Tobacco-Free Implementation and Tobacco Consultation Service at University of Massachusetts Memorial Healthcare and Medical School and is involved in tobacco research at UMass and at the Massachusetts VA Healthcare. He is also a reviewer and consultant on nicotine dependence and treatment certification issues to the American Society of Addiction Medicine and the Smoking Sensation Leadership Center of the University of California, San Francisco, and the Tobacco Treatment Specialist Review Board of the UMass Medical School Division of Preventive and Behavioral Medicine. Greg Seward, my good friend, welcome to the show, buddy. Well, thanks so much. It's a real treat and a privilege to be back on. You bet, you bet, and we love it when you're on. Um, so, okay, 
So have we made much progress when it comes to uh, people quitting smoking, or are we worse off than we ever were? Well, you know, I think smoking rates have gone down nationally. Uh, it's still you know, much higher than it used to be. Uh, I mean, much higher than we had hoped it would be at this time. Right. You know, back in, back in the 60s, a greater percentage of you know, adults smoked, and they smoked more. Uh, now, nationally, we're down to, you know, depending on where you are in the country, uh, perhaps anywhere from, you know, 17 to 20 percent. It's a little bit higher in some areas. Uh, you know, here in Worcester, uh, it's probably a little over 20 percent of adults smoke. You know, we'd hope nationally, you know, federally, they'd hope that the smoking rates would be much lower than what they are now. But, you know, smoking is a, you know, tobacco is a tremendous addiction. And, you know, withdrawal is hard, and it's hard for people to give something up and uh, and also uh, come out of the uh, gate pushing the envelope. I think a lot of times in, you know, mental health and even addiction treatment settings, uh, tobacco really isn't as uh, addressed as, uh, with the weight that it needs to be. And so sometimes when you don't address something, it, I think, contributes to, you know, lower quit rates, for instance, and uh, less of an emphasis on it. Uh, okay, so so let me let's talk about that really quick about treatment centers. I mean, why 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 don't more treatment centers, at the very least, offer uh, you know um, recovery from nicotine addiction? Right. Well, I think some do. A lot don't, and I think uh, you know. Uh, there's a lot of focus on, you know, the primary drug, whether it's alcohol or uh, heroin, whatever it is that got some, gets them into treatment. And people get concerned about that being the only drug. This is the one that they're here, that they're killing themselves with, or that they need to be detoxed from. And, you know, uh, sometimes staff still smoke. And, uh, you know, if we allow smoking on our grounds, we just would sort of uh, assume that, you know, our clients would go over there to smoke and we don't really offer options. Sometimes we get concerned that, at you know, at the Greg Treatment Center, if we don't allow smoking, uh, then they're all going to go to the Monty Treatment Center where they can smoke, and so I'll lose business. Ah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. The other thing that's important, too, is that, you know, motivation level changes when people come into treatment. So, if you have a treatment setting where uh, smoking is either uh, banned or restricted, and if you offer nicotine replacement therapy to help with withdrawal, like the patch or the lozenge or gum, etc., you know motivation level can change. So when you come into the treatment center or come into the hospital on the first day, you may not want to you might not want to give up smoking, but after three days or five days of not smoking, you might be more open to it. Uh, mm, good so point. sometimes that motivation level changes, and I think the other thing too is sometimes uh, we as staff assume that a person doesn't want to quit. True. Oh, true. Right, right, and, and that's a dangerous assumption, I think, because I think some people really do. They just don't know. They don't want to want to say it because part of them still wants to hang on. That's correct. You know, but the, the length of time that they're with us in treatment that might be the longest time that they haven't smoked for. Right. Right, Tony. So, did, Tony, did you smoke? Motivation. Oh, sorry. Did, go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, it's okay. Tony, did you smoke? Um, at night, I'm trying to quit. So, so you're a, you're a, you're a nighttime. Like seven on, <laughs> yeah. <You're a> <laughs> it makes no sense, but I can go like. And there's days I don't smoke at all. Right. I'm really now that I'm 
over the alcohol obsession. I'm really trying to work on that part. So I'm not going to lie. I do lightly smoke, but I not I don't drink the day at all. So you smoke in the shadows of darkness. That's a probably creepy way to put it. But... <laughs> Dang- dangerously antisocial. <laughs> Bruce, Bruce, you're a former smoker. True? Yes, I am. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How long did you smoke for? Oh, boy. Most of your life? Most of my life. Yeah. yeah. I, I've... I've got 15 years. Nice. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Without great. Without cigarettes, no chew, no vape, none of none of that stuff. No. Mm-hmm. So, so Greg, what's going on with the um, with the FDA and and the regulations today when it comes to uh, cigarettes, cigars, vaping, all that stuff? I know that that's a this that, this is a huge topic. What what's going on? Sure. Well, I, I would say that uh, there's more and more regulations that are coming. Uh, you know, vaping, electronic cigarettes have only been around for a few years, and mm-hmm. they really haven't been covered that well by the FDA regulations. So, for instance, uh, you know, the electronic cigarettes, vaping, they're not an FDA-approved product. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not regulated by the FDA, and in many ways they're, they're not as safe uh, product to use. There's been a lot of uh, reports, documented reports, on explosions and fires caused by them, and uh, even unintentional overdoses and uh, nicotine exposures caused by them. So if you were to go on, for instance, uh, the National uh, you know, Poison Control Center website, AAPCC, you'd see that so far this year, in the United States from January 1st to the end of April, there have been 623 exposures to nicotine caused by uh, e-cigarette liquid. And, you know, each year, like last year, there were over 3,000, uh, over 3,700 in 2014. And wow. so these are cases Jesus. of people being exposed to nicotine, so like it might splash on their skin or in their mouth, and in some cases overdoses. And so half of these calls are for kids under the age of six. What? So mom or dad is using, uh, you know, the product, has the, the liquid, it comes in a little, like mm-hmm. an eyedropper container, and it might be a bright red color or something like that. So that's very attractive. And, you know, sometimes kids come across that and ingest it. Right, because their labels are things like blueberry and bubble gum and strawberry. Right. And they, they're very kid-friendly. Right. Yeah. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. I didn't even think of yep. that. Wow. And so, you know, no parent, you know, you know, half of these cases for, you know, for kids under the age of six, that's all accidental. And you don't see those calls to poison control centers for uh, things like, you know, the uh, nicotine patches or the, or the lozenges, et cetera. Now, some people call, you know, electronic cigarettes harm reduction, but there have been documented cases of fire and explosion, and I'll just talk about that for a moment. Yes. So, the yeah. joint, the, for instance, the Joint Commission on Accreditation of Healthcare, or JCO, which some of your uh, listeners may know of, there uh, earlier last year, so about a year ago, they put out to all the organizations they certify that they really want electronic cigarettes to come up under smoking policies and to have them banned inside of buildings. Now, the reason they want them banned from being used inside of buildings is that they pose a potential fire hazard mm-hmm. because they use a battery to send a small electrical current that atomizes the liquid. 
and to vaporize this liquid, it must convert, the atomizer must convert electrical current into heat, which presents a fire hazard. And there have been documented cases, according to the Joint Commission, of fire and explosion caused by electronic cigarettes. So they're banning, they want them banned in hospitals because of the risk of fire and explosion. Mm-hmm. Now you can go on the Department of Transportation website. Now they've banned the use of electronic cigarettes on commercial flights. Mm-hmm. Now they've cited at least 29 fires on planes uh, since 2009. We don't hear about all this, but they're on top of that. The other reason why they have prohibited them is uh, because there's unwanted exposure to the aerosol from electronic cigarettes to people around you. So we've all heard of secondhand smoke when you exhale uh, tobacco smoke. Mm -hmm. So there's a secondhand electronic aerosol smoke that comes out that you're exposing people around you. Now, I probably should just uh, interrupt myself by saying I I hope I'm not coming off as saying, you know, uh, people that use electronic cigarettes are bad people or smokers are bad people. I really don't mean that at all. Uh, I used to smoke, uh, my dad used to smoke, his father used to smoke, and it can be a tough thing to quit. So uh, the other thing about electronic cigarettes is that they have uh, some hazardous ingredients in them. One of them is uh, propylene glycol, made by Dow Chemical. Uh, If you go on the Dow Chemical website, you'll see that propylene glycol should not be inhaled. It's an irritant, Uh, but we're inhaling it uh, with uh, electronic cigarettes. There have been some uh, more studies that are coming back that talk about, you know, some metals that are in the liquid, uh, some cancer-causing chemicals that are in there, too. Uh, So what I do with people who really want to use electronic cigarettes is I ask if I can give them feedback. And I'll start out with something positive. So, you know, most people that use electronic cigarettes are using it because they believe it could help them quit smoking. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, I know that if I'm talking to somebody who is using electronic cigarettes because they believe it could help them quit smoking, I know they're motivated to quit smoking. So I'm going to seize on the good about this, not the bad. And I'll say to them, uh, I think it's great that you want to quit smoking and that you're using a product that you really think could help you. And I think, you know, if you've made progress, that's awesome. Uh, Would you mind if I gave you some feedback about some of the risks with this and about some products that might work better? So I'll begin talking with them about some of the risks that I just talked about with you, and then I'll bring into the conversation uh, things about the nicotine patch or the nicotine lozenge, the the nicotine inhaler, the nicotine uh, gum, and the nicotine nasal spray. These are all FDA-approved medicines that deliver nicotine in an an exact amount of nicotine in a safe way without the risk of smoking or, or without the risk of the electronic cigarettes. The other thing, too, is electronic cigarettes can cost a lot more money than FDA-approved medicines to help someone smoke. So for those things, I get concerned about it, but I try to work with someone motivationally to give them positive feedback because I really think it's terrific that people are doing things to help them quit smoking. That could work. Yeah. Uh, In terms of the exposure risk, you know, with poisoning or nicotine exposure with kids, I'll always give some, uh, uh, I try to give some education about some symptoms of nicotine, you know, poisoning or exposure and give them the poison control center number to call just in case. You know, I remember when my wife and I were younger and had kids, we had the poison control center number sticker on our telephone. Right, we did too. So 
So it's the same sort of thing now. I, I try to uh, work with someone motivationally. Um, I would, uh, and that usually works out well. I, and I try to focus on the positives too. You know, the the, the good reasons for quitting, some mm-hmm. benefits that they're experiencing already. Uh, and uh, things like that. And then give them resources. I, I know you didn't ask the question yet, but do you mind if I jump in with some resources? No, go right ahead. Uh, so every state, every state has a quit line. Uh, so any resident, for instance, of uh, Massachusetts or Oregon uh, could call the quit line, which is 1-800-QUIT-NOW, and you'll get uh, free help. So I'm on the Oregon.gov quit line website right now. And it's 1-800-QUIT-NOW. You get free help, including two free weeks of the nicotine patch or nicotine gum to help you get started with your quitting. So free help, which is terrific. Nice. Wow. That is nice. And then uh, I'll bring up Nicotine Anonymous, if you don't mind. No, go right ahead. Uh, yeah, so Nicotine Anonymous is uh, you know a lot like AA or NA for your uh, listeners. Uh, I've been to uh, Nicotine Anonymous meetings, and... The first NICA meeting that I went in on, it sounded just like an AA meeting, except people were talking about smoking. So it's not as well-known as AA, but it's the same 12 steps, the same 12 traditions. Uh, they have a, uh, a big book as well. Uh, they're uh, face-to-face meetings in uh, Oregon. Not a lot, but once again, it's not as well-known. So, for instance, there's 10 meetings on their website now for Oregon. However, there's also telephone meetings. Every day there's at least three, sometimes four or even five telephone meetings that anyone can call into. And if you call in on time, uh, you know, you'll get on a list if you wish to talk about whatever the topic is. And so you can get a link to the telephone meetings on the NICA website, which is nicotine-anonymous.org. And they even have uh, online meetings, too. So What's it's the very good. Sorry, go ahead. Bruce has a question for you. What's the purpose of these meetings? Uh, The purpose of the meetings is to uh, support uh, anyone uh, that's hoping and wishing to live a nicotine-free life. I'm just reading from their homepage. Mm -hmm. Uh, They want to share uh, uh, help, uh, you know, experience, strength, and hope, just like any other 12-step meeting. And, it, you know, so people will call in or share in a meeting about uh, perhaps what they're struggling with, what's helping them, uh, maybe some slips that they've had. Uh, it's just basically, you know, uh, it's a 12-step fellowship of men and women helping each other to live nicotine-free lives. Interesting. And they welcome anyone using, I'll say this, they'll welcome anyone using, you know, nicotine replacement therapy medication or those who are involved in a, a quit smoking program somewhere. You don't, you don't have to be free from nicotine or tobacco to join. You just you know, want to get some help in seeking freedom. Right. That did makes you, sense. Did you want to expound on that question, Bruce? Well, I'm, I'm the kind of a person that uh, doesn't believe in uh, that. I, I think that uh, people become very meeting-dependent and people-dependent. And I'm not saying that meetings and and people don't play a part, but the whole idea of um, a twelve-step program is to take a look at yourself and see your need for God. Right. Period. Right. Greg, 
Yeah, I'm right here. Yeah, yeah. You want to respond to that? Well, I would agree with that, I'm, uh, but I would also add that you know, if uh, I mean, yes, you know, people need that uh, spiritual connection. But you know, if you and I think on one hand, I think it would be great if you know everyone could quit on their own, you know, cold turkey without medicine. I think that would be awesome. But for those that can't, it's good to have alternatives that could help that have been proven to help people. So, like today, you know, uh, some people quit cold turkey on their own. They don't need medicine. But sometimes withdrawal can be really hard for folks, and that's where the medicine can begin to help. Uh, I think uh, I, I don't see anything wrong with medicine and to give people that and to get them over the, the hump. Uh, just like we need to get people into detox centers and for right. they're not, you know, we call them defog them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, these type of things. So I'm, I'm not a, a, against that. But that what I found is then we go to meetings and we rely upon the meetings. Right. See? Right. And instead of relying upon God. And if you if you're looking for something either other. Other there there's. Other than I can't speak uh, a spiritual uh, a side of this, uh, I think you're uh, mm. missing the boat. Yeah, missing the yeah, boat. Yeah, and I think Greg would agree with you. I, 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 oh, I think, yeah, I, I, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm not hearing him disagree no. at, at all about it. In fact, he, I heard some encouragement is in, in his voice, but I really am. Uh, uh, dogmatic about that. We talk about these meetings and and uh, the support that we get from that. Uh, and I think I wonder why we don't talk about the spiritual aspect of this thing. If it's a twelve step program, right? The steps are designed to put you in a position where you start learning some humility, start looking at yourself, and see your need for God. Tony? Yeah, no, and I I agree, Bruce. Meetings should be, like, spiritual as well. But, for instance, my husband. I don't think that man could ever stop smoking. I've been around him, and he probably could if he really wanted to. But he doesn't really believe in a God. But I think if there was, like, a meeting like one, I'm glad I found out about the smoking meetings, would he go... Probably not. Would it go even less if the spiritual part was involved? Definitely, just because I know my husband inside and out. Yeah. But if there was anything to get him to quit smoking because he smokes a lot, which I'm not talking bad about him. Yeah. But I think he would benefit from one of those meetings if he did want to go. If they talked about the God part a little less because he's just... So, so dependent adamant. on nicotine. If right. he doesn't have his nicotine, and especially now that he's in class all day because he's a teacher, when he gets home, oh, man, I'm not even in his way. I'm just like, boop, let it go to the back door, have a cigarette, then I can talk to him. And that's sad. I feel bad for him. I think that that Greg is right, and he's, he's spot on about opening the door for these people right for, for they can come to a place where they can learn about this yeah thing. it's just that uh i was emphasizing mm-hmm. and probably yeah. a little too adamant oh, no, about no, 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 the no, no. spiritual aspect of this of, of the uh, 12-step program yeah. yeah 
yeah. you know. Yeah. And um, we see Alcoholics Anonymous and Narcotics Anonymous, and and it sounded like when Greg was talking, the uh, Smokers Anonymous, mm-hmm. uh, and they're all looking to the meetings and the uh, fellowship as the support mechanism instead of looking to the 12 steps in God. Well, yeah, and that's and that's where... And remember, the 12 steps isn't going to save you either. They're, no, they're, they're, it's, they're, a, they're, it's they're, just a method. That's the method, yeah. And I, and I think for some, some of us, the introduction to... I mean, here I was, been to Bible college, was in ministry and everything else, and I couldn't yeah. stay sober. And... Um, so I I understood the solution, but I didn't understand the problem. Yeah. And so when I got into my twelve step fellowship, that was the first time I started to understand the problem. And I I think that's where it can be a, a benefit, wouldn't you say, Greg? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I have another question that I'd like to throw out because it it uh, has to do with my family. My family is uh, smoked. Uh, my daughter and uh, her husband and her daughter and her husband and yeah, everybody. So yeah. yeah, so I have grandchildren, gr- growing grandchildren, and they smoke. They all vape now. Mm-hmm. They're all and vaping. They're, okay. they're all doing this because uh, there's, um, it's better for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're all doing this for they can quit smoking. And they're all doing it more than when they were smoking. Yeah. Oh, they're vaping yeah. more than they smoke. Oh, I'm telling you, my daughter, she just got this thing in her mouth constantly. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Walking around with it in the car, you know, around yeah. the kids. There's um, necklaces for them now, too. So it just hangs over their neck. Oh, stop it. I, oh I, I'm God. serious. <laughs> I have seen it. I have seen it. Yes. Okay. But... Y- y- why are we telling these people these things, or why are they being led on about these things, and uh, and then they seem to be addicted to that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Greg. So the question is, why why are we telling them that vaping is is better than smoking, and then they become addicted to the vaping? Well, I think a lot of people don't realize that it's uh, uh, first the products are cleverly marketed. They're marketed to get people to think, well, it's a safe product, or it's just water vapor. Or it's something that could really help me quit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, uh, the, a lot of these companies are owned by tobacco companies. Ah, there you go. All right. Oh, right. what do they call it? Uh, oh, I can't think of the word. Anyways, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no problem. So, and they're when you look at the science behind them and how they're used, they're really not designed to get people to quit. I mean, tobacco companies, with all due respect, they want people addicted to their product to keep using it and you know you're in with the electronic cigarettes the other thing too is you're inhaling that nicotine right down into your lungs which is you know the fastest way to get nicotine mm-hmm. to the brain that's one of the reasons why smoking so addictive because mm-hmm. you're inhaling the nicotine down into your lungs and so it's a very fast uh, bus trip if you will up to the brain so nicotine levels begin to spike <laughs> you know within seven to ten seconds it's very fast and you know, the mm-hmm. faster you can get a drug to the brain, yep. the quicker that rush is. And oh, so boy. your your brain notices it, and it stays a shorter amount of time and and begins to leave fast. So withdrawal sets in pretty quickly. So is there, I, I'm, not, I'm sorry, go ahead. I didn't so mean. is there anything I can do uh, to encourage these people to get off of that? Because 
I was listening to you earlier and, and, and heard a couple of things, but um, I'm really concerned about mm-hmm. my family and these, these, this vapor that well, they're. Oh, sure. So, uh, one of the things I've done here at UMass is we, we put together, and this is going to answer your question, Bruce, we put together a uh, UMass Memorial uh, Tobacco Educational YouTube channel, and there's a couple of videos on there about electronic cigarettes. So if I'll send it, the, I'll send the money, it's in my signature, uh, and you could share that with your listeners if you wish. But uh, you'll see little video. You'll see uh, short videos on there that talk about quitting smoking and some options. And there's a couple of videos on there that talk about electronic cigarettes. And uh, then also, you know, have uh, if you can get the families to, to look at the, the data from the poison control centers wow. about the risk. You know, uh, three thousand exposures to nicotine or poisoning to nicotine a year jesus i mean that's a that's a lot and half of them are kids under the age of six so i mean it does affect people um the other thing i would do bruce too is you know you might want to suggest to them i think it's great that you're thinking that this product could help you quit smoking but if you don't mind my saying so it appears that it's really not it seems like you're hooked on this oh my i'm uh, I'm convinced mm -hmm. of it and i'm convinced that they're having a hard time with this. I don't think my daughter would be doing it. And then when she got these electronic cigarettes, you know, this vaping, they call it, yeah. uh, it just, she hadn't even tried. Mm-hmm. Now, do, do, right. they, do they live in Oregon? Yes. Yeah, I have, I have four them. generations right here in Oregon. Well, you're a blessed man. See if they won't call the quit line in Oregon to get free help with quitting, including the patches. The patches could help them get off the electronic cigarettes because the patch is a patch, and it's applied to, you know, your upper torso, so like your upper arm or shoulder blades or something like that, and they'll get nicotine in a steady way. It won't be the fast up and down of the electronic cigarette, and it could help them get off the electronic cigarette and they'll be saving a lot of money right away. I think that's my question, Greg, and... uh, I don't think they want to quit. Uh, I think they're I think they're so full mm-hmm. of misinformation, and they're using that to keep me at bay. Yeah, and in, 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 in that lies the rub. They don't want to quit. Mm-hmm. They might not want to, but you know, you could ask them. Well, what are some things that you like about it? What do you like about vaping? What do you like about smoking? And what are some of the things that you don't like about it? So they may say um, they don't like the cost. Yeah, or they may say. You know, whatever it is. So there's usually some things that people like. I, I like eating uh, uh, cheeseburgers. Uh-huh. I like the taste, but I don't like what it does to my waistline. Yeah. Well, and see, and that's why. I, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Tony. That's why I don't talk to Walter about. Well, when okay, I do, but when I tell him to you know use other methods and to start quit smoking, it makes him smoke more and become like more of a. Not nice person oh, sometimes. I don't get that. Mm-hmm. And, but I think it's the mental obsession. Like, yeah. he will literally sit out there after I say that and chain smoke, which I'm not saying anything bad about him, but that's why I, I can't talk to him about quitting. Right, right. Well, you may not be the prophet in your own home. You yeah, know I mean? <laughs> exactly. Right. The other thing, too, is, you know, your husband, uh, you know, he you know might be really heavily addicted, and he might need more oh, yes. than one patch. So, I mean, yeah. it could be, like, two patches or... That's why I love this this thing where you got people in there and you say, "Hey, 
give them about five days and then approach them again uh, because they might have changed their mind. Oh, I, I just love that idea of having them in that environment yeah. and to be able to so, do that because you you want me to tell you the thought and the the ideas that we carry around with us? Don't quit alcohol and smoking at the same time. Yeah. That's what that's what they say. Yeah. They say that's a medical no no. Yeah. Well see now now I now I have to say my experience with the treatment centers that sponsor this show Is it the truth? That's what I'm asking. Well that's that's what I'm gonna tell you. Oh. I, that that I, I, I have been in in settings where they say don't quit everything at once. But in the treatment centers that sponsor this show, mm -hmm. they say because you are going to grieve that, it's better to grieve it all at one time and take care of it of it all at one time. Great. Is that been your experience, Greg? Oh yes, I think pretty close. And you know, there's been some studies wow. that say uh, that it's best to quit everything at once. And if you if you if you quit smoking at the same time you're quitting drinking, you're not more likely to relapse back to drinking or other drug use. Uh, you can quit everything together. And the, the nice thing about quitting smoking at the same time is that, you know, you're eliminating a trigger for alcohol. Yep. You're eliminating a trigger for marijuana use. I totally agree with that because oh. when I first started in sobriety, I had to get a physical um, to go into the serenity lane. Right. I don't know why, but I told her, or she told me, don't quit smoking while you're going through the withdrawals of drinking. And now... It's no longer a trigger, but in early sobriety, having a cigarette was a trigger because that went hand you in bet. hand. Basically, the, you mm. know, the bottle and the smoke. So I totally agree on that. They, I wish she would have told me differently. I, you guys are going to take a, take uh, our last break here, and uh, then we'll come back. Uh, folks, don't go away. Uh, more with our guest, Greg Seward, from the University of Massachusetts, talking about uh, tobacco and vaping, and uh, we're going to be talking more. So you don't want to miss out. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Let's walk through the big book. Join Chris Schroeder and the Monty Man for this in-depth journey through the basic text of Alcoholics Anonymous. As one of the most sought-after circuit speakers in the world of the 12 steps, Chris will be walking us through line by line, page by page, of this wonderful book that has meant so much to so many people who have recovered from the disease of alcoholism. If you've never studied the big book, or even if you have but would like a new, refreshing approach, join us here at Take12Radio.com for an exciting, educational, and spiritual look into a plan for living that can be applied and implemented into the lives of anyone who is willing to recover from alcoholism. Smoke, smoke, smoke that cigarette. Puff, 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 and if you smoke yourself to death, tell St. Peter at the Golden Gate that you hate to make him wait, but you just gotta have another cigarette. Yeah, Jimmy Dean. Smoke, smoke, smoke that cigarette. Yes, indeedy. And uh, it, it, that was a comedic song years ago, mm -hmm. but there really is nothing funny about this. Mm -hmm. uh, every time I look at a chart um, or a graph when it comes to substances that kill people, uh, tobacco and nicotine always leads the procession. And uh, so that's why we're talking about this stuff. Our guest, Greg Seward, uh, director at University of Massachusetts uh, Medical School. Uh, Greg... Um, you said you mentioned the 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 vaping uh, sm smoke or steam or whatever it is that comes off these things. I I noticed that 
um, it, it's just like a huge amount. I mean, it's just like a a puff of, of a cloud. It is. You know, when other people breathe that, um, there's got to be effects, right? Oh, yeah. You're breathing in things, uh, you know, you're uh, you're breathing in things that you wouldn't have to breathe in if the person wasn't smoking. Sure. Just like, you know, just like secondhand smoke. We know that you know, secondhand smoke kills forty to 50,000 Americans a year. Mm-hmm. And so these are people who aren't the primary smoker. These are the, you know, the, you know, the significant others of, or, or kids, you know, that's, you know, uh, of, of the parent who smokes, etc. Now we had and, Greg. Uh, you know, you made a, a statement earlier about this stuff gets into the lungs and when they vape, and then it gets goes yep. to the brain quicker, and they they promote that uh, this stuff because that happens, and then the people get this addiction. Is that greater than than cigarettes? Uh, it's hard to say. I don't know that the, they've studied it yet, but they they know it's out, uh, they know it's uh, expelled by the the user when they exhale. Mm-hmm. You know, That's the, one heck of an addiction. So you're, yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't I didn't mean to cut you off. That's one heck of an addiction. You know, and to get a person to where they uh, realize that they're could be doing some harm to themselves for they can make an informed decision on what they want to do. Okay, so here's my thought. Here's my thought, Greg, and see if see if you don't concur with this. Um, just as uh, Vivitrol and Suboxone and, and Methadone and, and those kind of things were, were uh, originally uh, meant to help people wean off of opiate-based uh, drugs... Mm-hmm. But it has turned into a method to maintain their using. Mm-hmm. The vaping, which was originally meant to help you quit smoking, has turned into a method to help you maintain a form of smoking. Would you agree with that? I would say so, especially when you see cigarette companies buying up these companies. That is so sad. Uh, they they want to stay in business. It's all about the money. That's all. Yeah, it's all about the money. I'm trying to be. I'm trying to be respectful when I say that. <laughs> no, but but you know we got to call a spade a spade. I mean, right? You know, and I will tell you that every person, and I've known a lot, every person that started vaping, that isn't vaping anymore. Mm-hmm. Guess what they're doing? Smoking. They're smoking. They yep. went back to smoking. Right. Yeah. And that secondhand right. thing with smoking. Um, I, I didn't mean to interrupt, sorry. Um, when my gra- uh, grandpa passed, my grandma went into um, just a doctor's appointment. They looked yeah. at her lungs. They're like, and he was a heavy, heavy smoker. And uh, they're like, you got to stop smoking. She goes, I've never touched a cigarette. And it took like two years, but then it finally. Wow. Yeah. She had the lungs of almost a smoker. Right. Just being around my grandfather and rest in peace. I love him. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I've never downplayed sure. that man. I have mad respect. But the second hands, I, I didn't even know vaping had that same effect. So oh, you have families yeah. with kids, and you think you're not doing it. I'm. T- this whole show has been an eye opener. Thank you, Greg. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, you're very well. Jesus. So I, you know, can I just jump in really quick too? Yep. So, you know, I would say, you know, uh, Bruce, with your family that's vaping, and uh, uh, you know. You know, what, what are the things that you like about it? What are the things you don't like? And wh- what do you imagine you would like about not vaping and not smoking? Mm-hmm. Well, what would be good about that? And, you know, the health stuff is good. Uh, the less chance of kids smoking if they see their parents quit or not smoke, you know, the kids are less likely to smoke or use e-cigarettes. 
so there's health benefits, but also, uh, you know, financial benefits, too. Oh, Jesus, um, yes. You know, in, I was in a gas station just a couple of days ago here in central Massachusetts. There was one pack of cigarettes over $12, including tax. What? Hmm. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's so very expensive out there. A pack a day at 12 bucks a day times 30 days, you know, that's uh, $360, is that it? A month. That, oh you can get a God. lot more pleasure out of that uh, than you would ever out of smoking. Shoot, go shopping with that. Yeah. <laughs> She's a girl. Yeah. Well, so, that's why I wish I knew what to, the right thing to say to my husband. So he, for now, just to get him over the hump, yep. to at least cut if I, down. If I was working. I'm sorry, I cut you off. I'm, I'm so eager oh, to help. No, no, no. I just, nice. you know, he smokes so much, but like, yeah. I don't know what. Proper's and he'll probably listen to his show and just shake his head, but um, proper way or proper thing or what to do with him. Because it, really, it worries me. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I hear that. I hear that. So I would say to everyone listening, whether they're you know, your husband or anyone listening to the show, you know, what are some things that you like about smoking? What are some things you like about vaping? And what don't you like about it? What do you like about the idea of quitting, you know, medically? financially, you know, relationship-wise. And then, you know, what's the worst thing that could happen to you if you kept smoking or vaping? How would that affect other people? Mm -hmm. And, you know, what would be the best thing if you quit? And how would that affect other people? Mm -hmm. And so some people may say, well, I'll live healthier, I'll live longer. You know, quitting smoking might be tough. Mm -hmm. But after a week, I'll have saved $70, and I'm going to take my wife out to... uh, uh, a pizza and a movie, or after a week, I'm going to have seventy dollars, and I'm going to make a donation to Take Twelve Radio. Aww, aww, that was sweet. <laughs> so, so even even your listeners, here's something: even all the listeners out there who don't want to quit smoking but mm-hmm. like Take Twelve Radio, let me put a challenge out to you: <gasps> stop smoking for a week, and with the money you saved, send it to Take Twelve Radio. Bravo. And by the way, you can do that by clicking on the donate button at the bottom of the page mm-hmm. at takes12radio.com. There you go. Shameless plug. <laughs> well, thank you, Greg, right. for listening because I just don't know what to say to him anymore. Yeah. I mean, I love you the know, man. Yeah, Craig, are we asking these people to do something that they can't do? Good question. No, we're asking people who, uh, to do something that they can do. It might be really hard, mm-hmm. uh, but... It might be really hard for a few days or a few weeks, hmm. but you've been through other hard things before, too. You know, how hard was it to uh, to stop drinking? So, so let me... was it to go to, go to treatment? You, if you got through that, you've learned a lot about recovery from heroin, from uh, marijuana that you can bring over to tobacco. Right, right. And let me just say, for those people, because I know a lot of people who have a, a really uh, incredible understanding and relationship with God that if they will tap into the power of God with this, just like they do with other things, mm-hmm. um, you know, because I think where Bruce's heart is, if, if you're not, you know, walking with the creator and you're tapping into a power that is simply human, you, we may be asking them to do something they're not able to do because God's the one that does for us what we cannot do for ourselves. And so, 
Um, again, but I, I have known people that don't believe in God at all that mm-hmm. have quit smoking. I, I mean, I just have, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's the power of God anyway, even yeah. though they're not willing when, to recognize it. When I recognized the fact that it wasn't my using, <coughs> it was the fact that I couldn't stay sober. Now there's something wrong with my sobriety. Right. Right. You see what I mean? And so I had to, uh, I had to get some help somewhere. Yeah, and uh, that's so. I that's where I the avenue I took. Let, let me uh, let me switch gears here for a minute because we're almost out of time. Greg, Greg first of all, uh, we'd love to have you back uh, soon. Would yes, that be possible? Oh. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, let, let's switch gears here for a minute and talk about uh, chewing. <laughs> nasty, nasty. You know, and, and maybe next time when we're on, we can talk about uh, cigars and pipes because I, I'd really like to. I know a lot of people in recovery that enjoy a cigar on a regular basis, um, and it concerns me as well. But let's let's talk about chewing for a minute. Uh, what's going on with that man? That's pretty. Ba- that's pretty nasty. I mean, yeah. I used to tell my friends, well, at least I don't eat my cigarettes. <laughs> you know, what about what about chewing, Greg? <laughs> There actually was a, uh, a a chewing tobacco brand called Bagpipe Chewing Tobacco, mm-hmm. and its tagline was "Good enough to eat." Plug cut. Yeah. <laughs> was that the black bag one? Uh, Way back. Pardon in the me. Day? I think it was a because my grandpa also chewed at times, so yeah. I think it was like a black mm-hmm. bag one. I think he had that. It's black. One. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so not often, we, but so, he did periodically. So what are we talking yeah. about when it comes to chewing? Sure. So I would say that, you know, in, in, chewing tobacco is probably healthier for your lungs because you're not inhaling it, but it certainly brings a lot of health risk. So an increased risk of, you know, problems with your mouth, cancers of the mouth, mm-hmm. the tongue, uh, etc. Uh, you know, ask a lot of baseball players, you know, Google Kurt Schilling and, you, and, uh, and you'll see about his struggle in health problems caused by, you know, chewing tobacco. Uh, it can be very expensive. Uh, a lot of times when uh, people uh, will switch to chewing tobacco because it, it might be cheaper than cigarettes and they might see it as a healthier option. Mm. Uh, and uh, But it's not. I mean, sometimes, you know, uh, well, a lot of times when governments go after excise taxes and increase excise taxes on tobacco, they really go after cigarettes and they're less likely to go after chewing tobacco. So it can be cheaper so people will switch just like people switch to cheaper alcohol or people switch from prescription <laughs> opiates to you know heroin because it might be cheaper right yeah right but there's still a lot of health problems it's still you know very addicting uh you know it can be a messy thing to do if you're spitting out tobacco juice uh, you may not be as attractive to other people as you'd like to be <laughs> yeah i see people when uh, i drive through would do that and i'm just like oh yeah yeah, it's gross. You know, I'm, I'm thinking with your husband, he might just be, you know, uh, I'm sure he's a nice guy, but he might just be more heavily addicted, and he might need a higher dose, of, you know, maybe two patches at the same time, or the patch and the lozenge. There is hope for him. I, I, I think he would be your biggest challenge. I <laughs> know. <laughs> well, I don't know. He was a master of the smoking world, though. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll probably get a hold we, of you we, after we the need, show. We need to bring somebody like that onto the show. Exactly. I mean, somebody like your husband. Yeah. Go. That would be interesting. That would be interesting. I think he'd do it. <laughs> have him and Greg have a talk. That would be interesting. That would be. That's actually a good idea. Hmm. Maybe we'll yeah, talk about that. Okay. Funny. Have you ever done anything like that before? 
And Walter, when you hear this, it's not to corner you, so don't think about it that way. So okay? Walter, Walter, we're coming for you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> no, but thank you, Greg, for listening and everything, because I didn't know how much it affected me, and I'm like still getting emotional over it. Yeah, you don't think of that. You just think of the anger. But now I'm like tearing up. Right. It really. Right. It's hard to watch him. Yeah, you bet. You bet it is. You Sorry. bet. You bet it's difficult. No, no, it's. Uh, you know, we minimize all the time. Well, at least I'm not shooting dope. You know, at least I'm not drinking. Yeah, at least that, I'm not doing heroin. At least I'm not doing heroin. I'm doing Suboxone. Mm-hmm. Not, yeah. a, not, not to wean off, but to manage my using. But at least I'm not shooting dope. Do you, you know, know anything about that, uh, Greg, about that Suboxone that they're uh, giving to people as uh, a maintenance for uh, heroin now? Right, so there's a lot of uh, suboxone clinics and a lot of demand for suboxone, you know, for people struggling with heroin and other opiates. Uh, here in Worcester, I mean, there's a huge opiate problem, uh, a lot of sad cases, overdoses, etc. Uh, and so suboxone can be looked at as a, a healthier alternative. Uh, oh, I think, you know, for uh, it's... I would say this. I think it's good to be thinking about treatment options for people who can't stop on their own. There's a lot of controversy around Suboxone, too. I uh, used to work in another program, an uh, addictions program, and the director did not like Suboxone at all. Uh, How do you get the people off the Suboxone? They don't even have places to detox. Right. So, you know, I know in our clinic here, in one of the clinics at UMass that have people on Suboxone, it's not a forever thing. It's, you know, people might be on it for some time, but the plan is to get them off it to not be on it forever. And so a lot of people are in counseling and therapy. To what do you call not forever? Um, you know, some people are on it for, you know, maybe up to a year, sometimes more. But I think people sometimes think of that as a healthier thing than being out on the street. But yeah. you're not you're yeah. not run, you're not just yeah. giving it to people, letting them go home, and then uh, two years later decide. Well, maybe they, it's a good idea if we took them off it. Yeah, I, well, there's some controversy ar- around it. I, I would say that uh, I don't. I I would not feel comfortable if somebody weren't getting help, you know, and getting into recovery. Right, right. Because yeah. the whole the whole point is, I mean, the 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 treatment facilities that back this show believe very, very strongly they don't even they don't even graduate yeah. their their clients until they've weaned off the suboxone. You don't even leave there until you've weaned off of it. Wow. Well, that's, wow, that's but, good. Yeah. But, but you see I, I you're talking to a bunch of people here that know what it is to be free of addiction. Right. You know, yeah. and so here these guys are and they're telling they're looking me straight in the eye. And they're going, at least I'm not shooting heroin. Yeah. And they got this gurgle in their throat that I can hear that I've got an ear for that because they're loaded. Yeah. Uh, you know? Right. And yeah, and they, and they, oh gosh. And I, next thing you know, they're taking this suboxone for six months, a year. And, and I'm going to myself, you're addicted. Sure. Well, my sponsor was on that for a little bit, but she got off of it very quickly. But she's also very strong-minded, too. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, guys, we're out of time. Uh, We are. And and unfortunately, even without doing trivia this week or closing in one of our songs, I wanted to give Greg uh, enough time. 
Uh, Greg, thank you so much for join, joining oh, us, my friend. Uh, yes, I want to personally you. thank you. That was, oh, I want you back. Yeah, yeah. We'll have <laughs> I want to personally I got thank more you. questions than I started with. Right. <laughs> thank you so much, Greg, for listening, and I really appreciate it. And I'll probably oh. get a hold of you after the show. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. I, I look forward to that. And uh, it, it's a real treat hanging out uh, with you all and to hang out with you again, Monty. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. You, you bet. So, so we'll, I'll, I'll be giving you a call here in a few weeks. Um, maybe uh, Walter will come in. Yeah. We'll talk about it. <clears throat> we'll, we'll see. Yeah. You know, even, even if he doesn't, uh, I, I do want to talk about the, the cigar thing and the pipe thing mm-hmm. um, as well, because I think we're kidding ourselves. I think he'd like it. You know, I think he'd like to come on in. Yeah, yeah. Because it's a different view that I don't think the normal person. Right, right. Well, Greg, thank you so much, my friend. Um, yeah. So um, I, we will have a link up for, uh, the, the, like you said, the link that's on uh, your signature. We'll have that up on, on the site uh, when this inter- yeah. interview air- airs uh, so people can watch that. Um, God bless you and your wife and your family, my friend. All right, you too. Great, great to to see, uh, I was going to say, great to see you all, but great to talk to you all. <laughs> we love you. <Yeah. clears throat> all right, uh, Greg, don't don't hang up. Uh, I'm going to come back on uh, on the regular phone with you uh, after the show closes out here. So don't hang up, uh, folks. Uh, our guest this week has been Greg uh, Seward, uh, working at the University of Massachusetts Medical uh, Center and, and School. Uh, a man who knows the topic of uh, tobacco abuse and nicotine and and vaping, uh, just uh, a, a great guy who who loves God, loves the Lord, loves his program, loves his family, and has a grave concern for all of you who are caught up in the addiction of nicotine and and this stuff that so easily besets you because it's not doing you any good. Let's just put it that way. Mm -hmm. Everybody can agree on that. All right. Until our next broadcast, this is the Monty Man along with Tony, Bruce, and our guest Greg. And we're wishing God's perfect serenity for you. Bye-bye now. This has been a broadcast of Take 12 Recovery Radio and KHLT Recovery Broadcasting.